0: The International Association for Near Death Studies presents NDE Radio, a weekly exploration of near-death experiences and similar encounters with the other side. Now, here's your host, Lee Whitting. Are there spiritual reasons for the near-death experience? What are NDEers supposed to do with the gifts they have received? Welcome to NDE Radio, brought to you by the International Association for Near-Death Studies. I'm your host, Lee Whitting. If there seem to be many books these days concerning near-death experience, consider there are an estimated 15 million Americans alive today who have had an NDE or similar experience. Clearly, if everyone who has had an NDE wrote a book about it, there would be, there'd be more books on NDEs than all other fields combined. But clearly, some NDEers are meant to write books while others are given other gifts and responsibilities attached to their near-death experience. Today's guest is author-speaker Carol Vengroff, who has shared her heart-touching near-death experience in her book, My Ever After Chronicles. In her book, she reveals gifts she received as she experienced heaven and gained answers to what happens before we are born, after we die, and how we discover our mission in between. Carol lives on the west coast of Florida with her husband. She treasures time with family, friends, traveling, sailing, gardening, and her work as an artist. Carol, welcome to NDE Radio.
1: Well, thank you, Lee. Happy to be here.
0: <laughs> Good. Carol, if you would, please uh, tell our audience about your new death experience.
1: Well, mine's unusual because it happened over 50 years ago, and I started remembering it again about five years ago in earnest. And what happened was my father was in the Air Force and we lived. We were stationed in France outside of Paris. And because my family was so large, we were given a house to live in that was a chateau. It was really old with um, two-foot-thick walls. My family had gone away for Christmas and when we returned to the house, the uh, there had been a horrible storm. It was the worst storm in recorded history in Europe at that time. The temperature was below zero, way below zero, and the house had no electric, had no heat, and hadn't had heat for quite a while. And the pipes had frozen, so there was ice on the floors. And we got in from driving for about 24 hours. My father drove straight through. We got in the middle of the night into the house, and it was so cold, and we didn't have a choice. We had nowhere else to go. My father just just go to sleep, went to sleep with all our clothes on. Somewhere between the time we arrived and around four in the morning, I, I died. I froze to death. Mm. The reason why I know that this, I feel that this happened was my little sister who was sleeping next to me realized something was very wrong with me. She could not wake me up. She said I wasn't breathing and she was getting hysterical. Why wasn't I breathing? It was was so cold you could see your breath. She did not see any breath coming out of me and she could not get me to wake up. I finally did come to. But when I came to, I was hysterical because I had just experienced the most amazing thing that I could have ever imagined. And what happened was when I left, it was, now I know it, um, other people have very similar experiences I left my body I actually saw myself leave my body mm-hmm. and I traveled and I expanded through time and space and I got to a place where my grandfather was there and he greeted me and he wasn't necess- he was sort of in a life form but he was also was the essence of my grandfather and it was wonderful to be with him again and as he was greeting me We caught up on everything that had happened. And the ironic, the really bizarre thing is he died before I was born, but yet I recognized him and we had missed each other. And it was such a joyful reunion again. And then it just kept, the experience just kept escalating and expanding. I met other entities that people, spirits that I had uh, reunions with. And it was like, I don't know if you ever had a surprise party where everybody was there you were the focus. You were the main reason they and, they and everybody just poured out their love and surprise, welcome home or welcome. <laughs> That's what it was like. It was all welcoming me. It was my moment to be welcomed. And that feeling of just knowing that everybody there loved me and cherished me and was so happy to see me again was beyond beyond anything I have ever experienced or have since have experienced, it was phenomenal. And then I had the the um, typical. <laughs> now I find it's typical because I'm reading so many other people's accounts. Experience where there's a life review where you get to review your life, which was really for me at that time. I was only 12, so it was a lot of fun. And I remembered all the details of my life and how they. I saw how they affected everybody. Then I came into a room. Even though there were no rooms, as we have rooms here, it's hard to describe the experience, but there were these keepers of the knowledge, I call them, or light beings. or There's a lot of different words that people use to describe them, but I think it's the same, the same group. They had all the knowledge, all the knowledge. I think there's uh, Akashic Records might be a word for it, and they mm-hmm. were able to share it with me. Now, though I was 12 when I died, you aren't any age, you aren't any particular age when you pass. You actually were all, I don't know how it works, <laughs> I do know that I was, <laughs> my mind, my 12 year old mind was able to absorb all this information, and it was wise enough to know that as a human being, we're incapable of even digesting or understanding, even the most minute parts of what they had taught me, what they told me, what they shared with me. And I actually started laughing. I did because I said, this is amazing. This, no wonder why humans can't talk about this place or can't talk about this experience. So there was, there was that experience. That, and I got the answers to every question imaginable. And I knew that I could never take all of them back in a human form because you can't we just don't have the vocabulary, the words, or the experiences for what is going on. But I did register, and I was able to make a mental note. Anything is possible. Mm-hmm. So I know that for a fact. Anything is possible, because I got to experience that on the other side. And I had a most amazing communion with Christ. Now, you read, well, you're Christian Christian origin so that's why that's who you would meet up with the christ i met on the other side was nothing he was nothing or is nothing like the christ i was taught about as a presbyterian and a baptist and a catholic which i was raised in all the faiths and he was just the man yet the spirit the essence of the christ that there's the basic Christ that we all know, and that's who I saw. But it wasn't like what we were taught down here totally. And after I met Christ, I did understand there were other masters, as masters or other entities that are wise and like Christ, like like Buddha, Krishna. I understood that we, Christ isn't the necessarily the only great. Persons who have come to earth. There were others also. And I got to experience them too. But my focus was Christ. That was my most, that was the highlight of my experience. And then finally, I expanded. I went into turbo thrust, so to speak, and I expanded to God realization. And He is not sitting on a cloud with a beard and (laughs) and on a fluffy cloud. He connects us all. And He contains everything that there ever is and ever will be and he is if you go inside if you go look through a microscope there's a whole universe that's micro and it just goes and it can expand to infinity I don't know how it does it but it does and then if you go out with a telescope there's a whole universe that expands to infinity and that is just the beginning of how you could experience or explain God, God realization. Only it's love. And it's through light and love that I I understood this. We are all connected through it. Nothing nothing gets around it because it's all part of it. It's all part of the experience. And then just when I was really getting into it, I was told, Guess what, you have to go back. I go, go back to what? And I go, You have to go back. Before I could even protest I understood I would be back eventually, but that I had to go back to my body because I wasn't complete. I hadn't finished whatever it was that I was here for. And they sent me back, and I somehow managed to fit this expanded light being of love and joy into this little tiny body laying somewhere on a planet, somewhere (laughs) in the solar system (laughs) below. And the, the most amazing thing was... As I got closer to Earth, there's this thing called gravity, which doesn't exist there, and time and form. And that all started to take hold of me as I got closer. And then I finally got almost sucked into my body. The moment that I hit, the impact was the most painful experience I've ever had, ever. It was so heavy. Gravity was so heavy. I really didn't think I could ever breathe again. I didn't. It was like having um, an elephant sitting on your chest. Mm -hmm. Gravity is—we don't realize how heavy gravity is. It's Mm -hmm. really heavy, and it weighed me down. And then I finally started taking a breath, and then I started coming to, and I was able to wiggle my fingers and my feet and toes, and and then I heard my sister calling to me, and she goes, "Where were you?" And that really was interesting. She knew I wasn't here. Mm-hmm. and that started a whole conversation <laughs> so that's my story <laughs>
0: <laughs> were you able to tell her about it right away
1: i did i woke up the whole house i woke up my parents because i was so i was excited that i met my grandfather and i wanted to tell my mother about meeting her father and he just loved her so much and i, I think there was a message for her he mm-hmm. had a message for her that i was supposed to give and uh yeah, and of course they said, you know, it's it's uh, three o'clock in the morning, Carol. We we've been driving all night. This is nice. You <laughs> go back to sleep and talk about it in the morning.
0: So <laughs> but, did they did they finally come to understand that this had really happened to you?
1: And uh, my parents, no, never. Now my mother, my mother it was cute. She, I mean, I, I insisted. I was so insistent. I was so so enveloped by the experience. I just. Was I didn't want to do anything. I just I wanted to be a nun. I mean, <laughs> I woke up. I wanted <laughs> to be a nun, and uh, they go, no, 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 no. So they made me. They had me talk to our chaplain because I was so mm-hmm. insistent that this was not a dream. They, they thought it was a dream, and he was so offended by what I had to say. Oh dear! That he said, he said to me, "Did you?" do you ever hear from a mental institution? I said, no. He said, well, that's where they put crazy people. He said, if you don't stop this right now, I'm going to have your parents put you in a mental institution. This is a 12-year-old.
0: Oh, that's so terrible.
1: Well, that's what I had. So I stopped. <laughs> I, stopped. <laughs> I stopped talking about it, but I was euphoric for, for, I don't know, months afterwards. I was on a high and um, it was frustrating. I did write a letter to myself, and I wrote everything I could think of down from the experience. And I said, you know what? They'll believe me when I'm an adult. So I wrote a letter, and I sealed it in, a, in tin foil because that's all we had, and stuck it in the outside wall of the house. The house had a big wall around it. And I said, as an adult, I'll come back. I'll find my letter, and the world will believe me then. No one had ever talked about these things. I thought I was the only one. And I thought Mm -hmm. maybe I was crazy. They had me believing I might be.
0: (laughs) Did you go back and find the letter?
1: Yes, I did. After I wrote my first draft of my book and read it to a few friends, and they said, you know what you have to do. And I go, what? And they said, you have to go back and find your letter. So (laughs) a couple years ago, yes, um, right before. And it
0: was still there.
1: Well, the the foil was. (laughs) The letter was (laughs) long gone. But but you know, the, the owner of the house, Interestingly, okay, this whole this whole experience is about me finding my voice. I want you to be really clear. I felt I didn't have a voice because I couldn't talk about this. Okay, do you get that?
0: Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm.
1: owner of the house was dying of throat cancer and could not talk. How oh. ironic is that? And he welcomed me to his home. He sign-languaged um, to somebody, and then he also wrote... Everything down, and he was so thrilled about my journey. He took me through the whole house, and I even went in the attic. And I had never been in the attic of this chateau. And when I was in there, all of a sudden, it all clicked. I remembered going through the attic,
0: <laughs> going through
1: the beams, and it was all—it all came back to me. And and uh, yeah, it was so. That was I thought was an interesting little side note.
0: I um. Several years ago, I stayed in a in a priory in France from the 14th century. I think it was uh, probably the same kind of construction because it was, even in the springtime, it was freezing cold. It's cold, For, yeah. yeah. The, it is. the stone hold, holds the cold against all fires in the fireplace and everything. It, uh, it,
1: yeah, it's cold.
0: <laughs> tell me, um, in coming back with the with the knowledge that you did. did did they offer you any explanation for why there's evil in the world
1: why there's evil yeah of course there there is evil is is us it's a, it's evil is of the mind first of all in heaven there's no fear and evil evil is um constructed to bring fear into the uh, matrix into the evil is The contrast, the evil is the contrast so that we can know what it's like (laughs) to not have evil, (laughs) to really experience joy and love. We sign on, as you may, I don't know if you remember or not, you know, from your experience, but we sign on for uh, life lessons. We sign on for experiences that you cannot have in a spiritual state of pure love and bliss we want to experience and expand and understand the evil is the way is one of the one of the ways to do it sort of like when you have when you break your arm or your leg or you have a lot of pain you're in a lot of agony and when the agony goes away boy does it feel good and you don't realize how good you have it how you know your health is until something goes awry and mm-hmm. evil is the contrast I I think it's the polar opposite of, of love It also, evil is, for me, it's a reminder when I'm, I don't want to go there. And you have, we have choice. We have choice. We have choice to either let evil get a grip of us or not to let it take control of us. And when you let it, go ahead.
0: Well, I was going to say, so do you think it's simply a device in our dualistic world to, uh, enable us to understand love better, or is this a force that actually opposes love that has some uh, dynamics of its own?
1: Absolutely, all of the above. What I learned on the other side, there's a lot more going on than we, we will ever know or ever realize. So yes to all of those. I mean, there is evil. I mean, and it can take form, and it's it's ugly, and it's horrible. And it what it does is it takes us away from the light. And the more evil it is, the more it, it darkens our light. It doesn't, I don't believe it ever snuffs out our light completely, but boy, it can sure dampen it and put a cloud over it and does everything in its power to take the light from us. And again, there's, there's so much, we, there's so many different dimensions, layers, vibrations, frequencies going on. And yes, evil evil is one of them. So I don't know if that answers your question. There's no simple answer for it, and we could probably talk for days about this. But.
0: Yes, well, well there's uh, so many of the uh, NDEers who are, uh, I describe as New Age um, points of view would say that evil is just a, a myth. It's it's something that we, we take turns being... Uh, hard on one another and, you know, recurring lives, uh, simply to, it's, it's almost like a game, like a video game, and, uh, has no real meaning or consequence. And it, it seems to me that, um because su- such horrible things are done in this world to people, there's such, such a high degree of suffering that, uh, there must be something more to it than just, uh, game playing.
1: I, I, I know that there, well, I believe that there, there is. And yet, and yet, did you see uh, what was the movie about the concentration camp? A beautiful, it's a, be- a beautiful life, mm-hmm. where it's Carlos. I, gee, I forgot his last name, but he oh. and his son were in a concentration camp, and he refused to be there. I mean, he was physically there, but he made it a joyous moment for his son in a concentration camp. His son never knew, to my understanding, that was my. Experience of the movie that he that anything was awry, and yet they were in a concentration camp under most deplorable circumstances. Because he chose not to let it get a hold of him, not to take, let it rule his life.
0: Right. Well, Corey Ten Boom said the same thing about her experience in the concentration camp, where she lost um, all of her family, really, but that the the experience of God was so powerful in the midst of all the suffering. Um, that she was able to teach people and to love people and to to help them
1: yeah yeah, so it can take on you know evil gives us a um, a canvas for doing many you know experiencing many different things or and getting caught up in it and believe, and buying into it and letting mm-hmm. it control us so, yeah.
0: to, to to get back to your experience, do you have memories of what heaven looked like sounded mm-hmm. like? Was there music? Was there yes. uh, yeah. light? Yeah. Was there well, fie- fields and some of the other descriptions that you've probably read about?
1: Well, my, my, what I'm understanding of that is we, I think we all pretty much have the same experience. And when we come back, we have to filter through our previous experiences on Earth as a human And our imagination, anything we've read or can possibly imagine, to to describe something that absolutely is indescribable. So you will get for each person that has this experience a totally different description of heaven. A pretty, but the basics are the same. I don't know that maybe there are fields, and maybe I didn't experience that. It's for me. It's more a light. And in the light is information and codes and love and vibration and frequencies and everything you can imagine. It's a um, it is sound, absolutely, but not like we know it. It's it's it is like we know it, and then it's even much more. And the sound, the notes, take on lives of their own. Each note and each note has meanings, and uh, it just goes on and on. There's color. We exist there there's other entities there there's other spirits and souls and 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 yet i think in order for our finite minds to be able to construct it we put gates up or we put buildings up or we make it into fields and it, and maybe maybe that is the experience of the person that is doing that at that time I don't know. for me though i came back and i remember distinctly saying it's not like we thought <laughs> it's just not like we <laughs> thought But yet it it is, you know, and and then I had to try to put it into where it took me three years to put my book is not very big and it's not very, I think, 67 pages or 93, something like that. It's not very long. It took me years to just try to put verbiage to that that's indescribable. Mm.
0: Many people have the reaction of. Because it's so indescribable, they, they'll they spend hundreds of pages trying to describe it. So if you've honed it down, that I think is probably a gift to the reader. Uh, to go back to Jesus for a minute, um, yeah. <laughs> how, did you, how did you know that it was Jesus, and what did he tell you?
1: How did I know it was? Oh, my gosh. I recognized him instantly. Mm. And I'm not sure about this. I'm working on this part. I I believe I was around when he was around and it was a reunion for us to be together again. So I recognized him instantly. What did he tell me? You don't talk in words. It's more of impressions. Mm -hmm. And he, it's almost almost like he downloaded, I, I hate to use that word, but I don't know how else to say. He There was information that he shared with me that when I came back and they started, they, my Sunday school teachers started talking about Christ said this or that, I would just shoot up and say, no, he didn't mean it that way. And I would be so <laughs> upset that I had to calm down because I remember what he meant from meeting him. So does this make any sense to you?
0: hmm It does.
1: So, I mean, you can, you can give me a parable. You can, you can, at this point in time, tell me something that you feel, you know, that he said, quote, the Bible. And what I'll do is be able to, I'll be quiet, and then I'll remember, and then it'll come to me what I feel, and it's just very personal, what I feel he really meant by that, or what his intent was, and what he really, what was going on. So, that's my answer for that, but I did get a lot (laughs) of answers from him, and he was beautiful. Oh my gosh, he's just so amazing.
0: Why do you think uh, religions are so afraid of the near-death experience?
1: Control. Mm. I think that somewhere in a long time ago, religion (laughs) took a left-hand turn and they wanted to, an ego set in, an ego set in and control. The ending in my book was about that. Exactly. It was my, I thought my mandate was to go to the Pope, which was Pope John at the time and tell him, melt down your golden altars and feed your people because he had missed the point. When I went to the Vatican, and saw all the the gold and that the Pope was dressed.
0: Uh, isn't, it, isn't it incredible? The artwork well, but I, the, know, the, the I, sculptures. you know,
1: it was very difficult because, I, you know, I knew that this is not what Christ intended when he came down. <laughs> the last thing he would want is a golden, first of all, to be up there on a cross, you know, and then with the golden um, crown on his head and, and, and the robes and, and all this. He would rather feed the people. And I actually told this to one of the um, priests who was from the Vatican who I got to meet and said, I need to talk to the Pope. I have a message for him. And he said, and I told him the message. He goes, Well good luck with that one. (laughs) Because we hear it all the time. I go, No, but this is from God. He goes, Well, that's nice. But the and the good news is Pope Francis, he's the man. He is my hero. He
0: Absolutely, I, I totally agree with you.
1: He got it. he's you know,
0: he's, he's got uh, he's got the uh, exactly what the message you wanted to deliver to right. uh, John. He's already figured it out.
1: He is. He's he's just the most amazing, beautiful Pope. I you know I, I I'm just thrilled beyond beyond words for you know that that he's he's there. So I don't have to oh. go. I don't have to go talk to him now. <laughs> I don't have to tell him. This.
0: I wonder. I wonder if he ever had a near death experience. Perhaps that would explain. Uh, Why he's fine. being so reasonable?
1: He's he got it. He's getting it. You know. He, I think he's got it. He just knows it's going to take a little time. You can't do it over overnight without freaking everybody out.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Carol, we're just about out of time. Take a take a minute and explain your new your new project, the Heaven One Hundred and One.
1: Well, the Heaven One Hundred and One came to me after I saw the movie um, Heaven Is for Real. Heaven is for real It's a four year olds interpretation, which is perfect entry level for the world to yes. get excited and have start the conversation about heaven. And I woke up in the middle of the night and I just my heart was saying, Okay, go downstairs. I went downstairs, write this down, okay, write this down. Heaven one oh one. I go, Okay, heaven now what? So you're gonna do a new book and you have a partner. So who's my partner? Well your partner is Kelly Lang, and I go, Who's Ke-? yeah, Kelly Lang? Well, Kelly Lang is a New York, Times, New York Times bestseller author. She was first newswoman anchor ever. She and Michael Landon did the Rose Bowl parade for ten years, and she's mm-hmm. she is very interested in this. And I call Kelly, and she said, "Let's do it." So we started it uh, about a week ago, and this is way underway. We have a um, we're getting our website up in the next two weeks. We have a Facebook page. I have. Immediately, it's there. Anyone can go and be part of this community. It's called Heaven 101 on Facebook. And what it is, is we're collecting questions. What do you most want to know about heaven? I answer a lot of them on the Facebook page. And what we want to do is create this conversation, this community, and do the book about this. Now, I know there's a lot of books out like this right now. This one, for some reason, I just know I'm guided by Spirit to do this and they and said, Don't worry about the other books. This is something different. You'll see. Just do it. Follow Mike, follow uh, me. And and through prayer and I'm praying hard about this, let me tell you. But wow. That's the story. Well
0: Carol, it looks like we're just about out of time for today. Um, I'd like to thank our guest, Carol Vancroft for sharing about her NDE and her book, My Ever After Chronicles, and her new project, Heaven 101. Um, you can find out more about Carol, her NDE, and her work at www.myeverafterchronicles.com. And if you would like to listen to this show again or any other of our programs, please uh, visit our website at nderadio.org. And for more information about IONS, Please check that website at org. There will be more information on that site about our upcoming Labor Day weekend conference on NDE's health and healing at Newport Beach, California, from August 28th to the 31st. I look forward to seeing you there. Thanks for listening.